really what it all comes down to is that we all have the same wants, needs, and desires. We want to be safe, we need to be accepted, and we desire to be loved. Excited to be here today with Chelsea, gut health coach. <laughs> Hi, Christopher. I'm happy to be here. I've never met a gut health coach, so I'm excited to uh, talk to you and learn a little bit more. I know it's very, very important. Um, so you're the first I've spoken specifically on this with. Yeah, Hippocrates says all disease begins in the gut, and I don't think he was wrong. And I think uh, modern times are finally catching up with antiquity <laughs> and realizing that he was onto something. And yeah, I'm a yoga teacher as well. So you know, it's it's a lot of physical and physical, mental, spiritual energy that really all comes back to where are you stuck? What are you holding on to? And how is that manifesting in your body? And oftentimes, it lands in the gut. Awesome. Mm -hmm. What we like to do is take you a little bit ways back where you grew up and some some of your hobbies, and and then get into where you're at now. All right. You guys ready for this? No, right. <laughs> no I grew up in Rhode Island. Uh, typical Irish Catholic, born and bred, and grew up thinking I wanted a white picket fence and two and a half kids and went to college and I got a degree in psychology and then I graduated college um, the year of the modern economy crash, 2008. Mm. And reflecting back, I always thought that I wanted a lot of money. I chased business cards and associated power with importance and self-worth. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that feeling of self-worth coming from outside of ourselves. So in high school, I went to a private Catholic school and I participated in the International Baccalaureate program. It's kind of like AP classes on crack. <laughs> and it was very academically challenging. It was emotionally challenging. And again, my self-worth was validated through A's on my report card. And if my mom didn't receive that, your daughter is on the honor roll this semester, then I thought I was a failure take it a little bit further back than that my father unfortunately made some bad decisions in his life and he abandoned my mom my brother and I when I was 12 and my brother was 10 my mom had to file bankruptcy we lost our home and we lived off of bags of potatoes for a long time so all of this came together when I was getting ready to graduate high school and go to college and I started experiencing symptoms of autoimmune disease and these rashes started popping up and I was a swimmer I was an athlete of course I was captain of my sports teams and again checking off all of the things that on paper I thought would make me worthy of love safety and acceptance right the three primary needs of every human being and I sort of ignored those rashes for a long time. I just thought, oh, that's weird. You know, I wrote it, wrote it off as I'm a swimmer. I must have dry skin from the chlorine or, you know, I live in New England. The weather isn't ideal for beautiful skin and sort of ignored it. And it wasn't until 2009. So fast forward again to that economy crash. I graduated college. I had lots of student loans 
and the stress kind of came to a head and it got to a point where I realized that these rashes were much more than just on the surface and that's when I sought out a holistic nutritionist for the first time it was in 2009 and she said to me you know you can do you can go two routes I had gone to dermatologists and they gave me steroid creams I would use them the rashes would go away and then they would come back with a vengeance as soon as I stopped using them started practicing yoga in 2004 and learning about mindfulness and stress relief techniques and the nutritionist said that route you can continue going down and eventually you're going to have to go on autoimmune suppressants or immunosuppressants and you'll kill your immune system or we can try this another way. So here I am 10 years later and I've been on that journey ever since and I feel grateful now to be able to teach others how to do the same, uh, holistically managing symptoms in the body that we just write off as normal and headaches, bloating, IBS, rashes, anxiety, depression, inability to sleep, low libido. Um, these are not normal and it doesn't mean that you are inherently broken. We often think that if we are experiencing symptoms that there's no hope and I feel grateful now to remind people that that's not the case. There is hope and you're not broken and we just got to help figure out what's going on at the root of it all and how we can implement strategies, stress relieving techniques, and also look at food as medicine and heal our gut and live an optimal life. So how does someone get started if they're, if, you know, they're looking to go the path that you did? Hmm. Call me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, honestly, if, if you're feeling like, you know, I've done all the things maybe you're trying to lose weight or maybe you're trying to seek answers for something maybe you've gone to doctors you've done your research and you're feeling information overload maybe you're feeling analysis paralysis you just don't even know what to do anymore and you've done all the things um, go to my website chelseahainescoaching.com and send me an email let's get on the phone and see if working together really would be an option you know for me the holistic approach approach to optimal living is so much more than just food. Food is medicine, but it's also a very small piece to the bigger picture of our life pie. And it really takes, um, you know, and there are many amazing coaches out there. So, you know, do your research and find someone who you would want to work with, but really find that person, get on the phone, vet different people who might be able to help you and ask questions, you know, ask what their core values are, ask what they're all about. And for me, the, again, the holistic approach is so much more than just what are you eating every day. It's not what are you eating, but it's who are you being while you are eating and what are the mindsets and the driving factors behind it. I can speak on my own personal story, and I'm happy to share vulnerably that abandonment issues ran deep for obvious reasons and scarcity mindset for obvious reasons. And it's taken a decade's worth of work and research and learning and self-development to say, wow, this is so much more than just foods that I'm sensitive to. This mindset shift to abundance has been a team of mentors and therapists and coaches that I've reached out to. So 
yeah, for someone listening to this, if you're resonating with any of it, reach out and ask for help. Besides the food, what's a couple of things you mentioned, you know, that can help relieve stress and just make you feel better overall? <sighs> Breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Do not underestimate the power of your breath. I mean, it's free. It's accessible to us at all times. And it's amazing how we can drop, you know, we live in a society and again, my life is sort of testimony to this, of that go, go, go. Mm -hmm. In order to be worthy, I have to prove myself. In order to pay the bills, I have to hustle. In order to reach my goals and dreams, I must be exhausted in order to make it happen. All of these limiting beliefs that feed into that underlying current of fight or flight. We live in a chronic state of sympathetic nervous response. Fight, flight, or freeze. And the first thing that happens when we are living in that state is digestion shuts down and blood flows away from our central organs and into our psoas muscle, into our legs, into our extremities, our eyes dilate, our heart rate increases. We're ready to run from a tiger. And in today's society, those tigers look like traffic and bosses and in-laws mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're not running we are sitting comfortably in these fancy chairs and then we are not enjoying our meal and eating with our hands we are shoving something in our face as we're driving in that traffic and our digestion is shut down so one thing that i would highly highly recommend implementing right now is what i call the five five seven breath I can see, too, how it's tempting to want to fall into our mind about it. Well, mm -hmm. I didn't breathe in for five seconds. I can't hold it for five seconds. Mm -hmm. I can't exhale so long, and we're already in our head, right? The intention is that the exhale is a little bit longer than the inhale, and there's a pause in between. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like a backdoor trick to the parasympathetic rest and digest state, right? We've all heard of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Many people have never even heard of rest and digest literally what it is it's the opposite to the sympathetic nervous response it is parasympathetic state and in this state our pupils relax our heart rate slows down our breath deepens and hopefully moves down into our lower third of our lungs we often breathe only into our chest blood flows back to our digestive organs and our gut and we can turn up our digestive power we start to create hydrochloric acid in our stomach, which is the key thing that we need to break down our food. So it's, it's unfortunate and I hate to break it, but no matter what healthy supplements you're taking or that really expensive meal from that really fancy organic grocery store that you're eating, if you don't have hydrochloric acid in your stomach, you're wasting your money. You're not gonna be able to assimilate those nutrients and eliminate those toxins no matter what. So again, if you feel like you're doing all the things and you're working out and you're burning calories and you're eating healthy and you're trying to get your sleep, but nothing, you know, the, the needle isn't moving, try breathing, <laughs> really try breathing. And of course, on top of that sleep, never hitting override. This is probably my second long answer tip to your question. And that is uh, we're so used to hitting override. And there's something valuable to be said about operating from a place of excitement. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between excitement and adrenal fatigue. And hitting override to a point where 
well, you know, you have a newborn mm -hmm. to where you're just, a, you're a zombie mm -hmm. and you're not sleeping. And by not taking care of yourself, you're not a hero. In fact, you're doing everyone in your life a disservice. Mm -hmm. And really prioritizing rest and sleep, not pushing through those times where it's three o'clock in the afternoon and we really just need a nap and instead we're gonna go to another meeting. Mm -hmm. Take 15 minutes and go do a mindful meditation. Unplug for 15 minutes and breathe deeply because after that, you will come back more efficient than if you had just hit override. I actually just did a podcast myself this morning. It will launch tomorrow on Let's Start Health. Uh, my personal tips for sleep hacking. And the number one thing I would recommend is, you know, we talk about a morning routine. Everyone talks about a morning routine because productivity is so important. But nobody talks about a wind down routine at night. And for me, my morning routine starts the night before. Mm -hmm. If my wind down routine isn't implemented, my morning is gonna be not how I want it to be no matter what. Mm -hmm. So what time do you ideally in a perfect world want to go to bed and then reverse engineer all of your little to-do lists that we all have and need to do before we go to bed and then realize what time you have to start that wind down routine and then stick to it. Honestly, I could give you all the tips today and tricks, but they don't work unless you actually implement mm -hmm. them. All right. Well, I thought you were going to get into yoga a little bit. I was kind of leading into yoga. So when did yoga start for you? Sure. Yoga started in 2004. I was invited to a local gym that taught yoga classes. Um, and I was an athlete. <laughs> I ran track. I swam. I played soccer. So in my mind, I thought, yeah, sure, I'll do this yoga thing that mm -hmm. everyone seems to be talking about. And... I'll never forget, ironically, that first class, you know, I was so perfect in my pose and thought, yes, I'm going to get an A in this class, right? Mm -hmm. Old habits die hard. Um, the teacher came over to me and I thought, this is my shining moment. I'm ready. To, I'm going I'm to get my sticker now. And he mm -hmm. said, you're out of breath. And I thought, huh? But I thought I was doing it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And he said, you're hyperventilating chill the F out <laughs> and I thought huh this whole time I thought I had to like conquer this yoga thing and I needed again praise to feel validated and he came up to me and said the exact thing that I needed to hear at that time that just shattered everything I thought I knew to be true about myself and the world around me and how I related to it and that was slow the F down breathe because at the end of your life, when you look back, do you want to have those five regrets of the dying? And if you've never read that book, I highly recommend it. Or do you want to look back and say, you know, I did the best I could with the information I had at the time that I had it. And we all have traumas that we're trying to work through. And we all have systems and beliefs and families that we were raised in. And how we relate to ourselves and the world around us is based on all of those things. But how willing are you to show up for yourself? How willing are you to get on that mat or forget the yoga mat? How willing are you to look in the mirror mm -hmm. and really say what's going on behind the breath, right? So what I love now is that I've been able to take my degree in psychology from university that I finally just paid off those student loans, which I will celebrate that. Mm -hmm. And my yoga teaching experience, I started teaching in 2013, nine years later, and 
maybe you can relate to this, but everything I've ever done in my life at some point started with, oh, I would never do that. Judged it, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been teaching full-time ever since, and I've been grateful to be able to teach yoga on super yachts and travel the world doing it. It's open opportunities for me I never would have otherwise believed, but in order to get there, I had to go through divorce. I had to look at myself in the mirror and break down things that I had built up walls to keep myself safe and protected. And now here we are, the next evolution to that is health and lifestyle coaching. And for me, I really like measurable results. I see a lot of men of, I'm not trying to judge. And again, here I am, right? Maybe it's, I'm judging because it's, there's a message there for me, but I like measurable results. Mm -hmm. So in order to talk about living your most optimized life, we have to feel good in our body first. It's just like with the with yoga, right? In order to get to that deeper, maybe spiritual healing or energetic healing, which is what makes it different than other exercises, is there is an element of self-reflection. But it starts with the breath. It starts with what's palpable. What does your skin feel like? What does your mouth taste like? What, is, what do you see? What do you hear? We're so in our heads all the time. Mm-hmm that we forget to breathe. So the journey of yoga and the evolution of it for me really has been this kind of, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can only connect the dots when you can look back at them. But yeah, what I do now is really a culmination of all of that. And, and the yoga piece, it's like yoga off the, yoga, off the mat, mm-hmm. you know? It's the lessons that we learn there and then the measurable results that we get from that. And how can we take those lessons now into our life pie? Everything is stimulus and response. And our power lies in the pause in between. So if you put me on a yoga mat and you tell me to move my body in a way that doesn't necessarily feel comfortable or is new to me, and if I respond with judgment and annoyance and self-hatred, what the heck is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? That's a conditioned response to that stimulus. So if you take it off the yoga mat, anytime you feel uncomfortable in life or anytime you've, you're put in a position that doesn't feel quite super cozy, how are you going to respond? The way we do one thing is the way we do absolutely everything. And the power lies in the pause in between. And what can we do during that time? Breathe. I was going to answer, but... I was, I was waiting for you. I, I didn't want to leave it. you hanging. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We can breathe. We can breathe. And it's it's our greatest tool. It's our greatest aspect. And it's highly underrated. So let's talk a little bit about the last four, four and a half years out on doing yoga out on you know cruise ships. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. So I was... an experience. Yeah. I was not on cruise ships. I was on private on super yachts. Super yachts. Yeah. And, and I only differentiate that because it's... It's a big difference. It's a big difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it it was one big yoga class. Four and a half years of self-reflection that really tore down even deeper layers of myself than I I didn't even realize were there. All of a sudden at you know, 30 years old and post-divorce and post this successful career in teaching yoga full-time in Charleston, South Carolina, where there was an amazing community of like-minded people and support and it was my cozy place man I was popped into basically a floating fraternity of adults that make a lot of money and don't sleep a lot and we are dropped right amongst the actual rich and famous and 
gl- gl- the glitz and the glamour that come along with all of that. And of course, again, coming from abandonment issues and scarcity mindset, it was triggering on many levels. On top of that, now I had to learn to work with a team that, again, I came from a place of like-minded people and everyone I worked with were friends and all my yoga teachers were buddies and all my students was like this high vibes, happy times, kumbaya. Now all of a sudden, I'm dropped into a world where people come from all over the world People communicate all different languages, which means we all handle stress very differently. And when you're stressed and tired and you're socializing and working with the same 20 people, yeah, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. (laughs) And it's going to take a lot of willpower to take accountability for your own BS. And that's really what it's all about. Look in the mirror and take ownership of your own mindset that is trying to convince you that the world revolves around you because that's what our ego does. Mm-hmm. Our ego wants us, and our ego's not a bad, there's no good or bad here. It's just being hyper aware of it. So yeah, I went to places I didn't know existed and I've met people that I have only listened to on the radio and looked up to as role models and I got to teach them yoga one-on-one. And really what it all comes down to is that we all have the same wants, needs, and desires. We want to be safe, we need to be accepted, and we desire to be loved. And as soon as you strip away everything that you think that you define yourself as, it's really easy to get on a yoga mat with someone and breathe, right? It's really easy to drop into that place in between stimulus and response and say, wow, this is actually where our power is. It doesn't lie in how many Grammys I win or how many how much money I can raise. It's it's that's all just hopefully done for the greater good. Right. But yeah, it's been really cool. <laughs> so what's some things you're looking forward to for the future? Hmm. I'm really looking forward to being on land again, to be honest. <laughs> I'm making that transition. I am My husband is still working on yachts full time and I feel grateful that as a gut health coach who works virtually with people one-on-one, I can do that from anywhere in Mm -hmm. the world. I feel really excited about the opportunity for really helping people change their lives and and live optimally and living my best life at the same time. And I'm not afraid to own that or say that because I think you can hear the passion in my voice and I truly believe that following Brene Brown that when vulnerability is met with empathy, that's how we truly begin to heal. And I think health coaches and holistic practitioners and anyone on that grand spectrum of health and wellness is is really on the forefront of some big changes that are happening in in the world. And I am, please don't hear me wrong, I am 100% a, an advocate of Western medicine and of medication my path I've chosen has been a little bit different and I do see a value in both. And I always come back to saying, if, if medicine is helping you, bless that medicine. If you're feeling depressed and you're on medicine to help you get out of bed every single day, bless that medicine. And then also, where can we alter the life that you're living to help you incorporate more joy and more pleasure? Because again, looking back on your life, if you didn't have joy and pleasure, well then, what was the point? Mm-hmm. What was the point of all of it? Um, 
had some big losses in my life that really have made me step back and reflect on those things. I'm sure as many of your listeners here and yourself as well can relate to. And I'm looking forward to see how that goes. You know, modern medicine came from the war front and it's great for broken bones and acute problems. But when it comes to chronic health issues, Western medicine doesn't know what to do with it yet. And there, and there's no, there's no hiding that. And, and it doesn't mean that the work that's being done is bad. I mean, there's lots of research being done on how to manage, for example, autoimmune diseases, but we're just not quite there yet. And I really feel excited about being on the forefront of helping to make those big things happen. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're so welcome. Happy to be here.